Hello, and welcome to the Brothers Grimm Lunch Break. I'm your host, Eric Wagoner. Today, I'll be reading Faithful Johannes. Once upon a time, there was an old king who was sick, and he thought, This will surely be my deathbed. Then he called aloud, Tell Faithful Johannes to come to me. Faithful Johannes, his most cherished servant, had been given this name because of his lifelong loyalty to the king. When he had reached the old man's bedside, the king said to him, Most faithful Johannes, I feel that my end is drawing near, but I am not worried about anything except my son. He is still young in years and doesn't always know what's best for him. You must promise to teach him everything he should know and be his foster father, or I shall not be able to close my eyes in peace. I will not forsake him, faithful Johannes reassured him, and I will serve him faithfully, even if it costs me my life. Now I can die in comfort and in peace, the old king said, and then added, After my death, you're to show him the entire castle, all the rooms, halls, and vaults, along with the treasures that are in them. But I do not want you to show him the room at the end of the long hallway, where the portrait of the princess of the golden roof is hidden. If he sees that portrait, he'll fall passionately in love with her and lose consciousness for a while, and then he'll be obliged to undertake great risks because of her. You must protect him against this. Once again, faithful Johannes assured the old king that he would keep his promise. The king then became silent, laid his head on his pillow, and died. After the old king was buried, faithful Johannes told the young king what he had promised the old king on his deathbed and said, I intend to keep my promise and remain just as faithful to you as I was to your father, even if it costs me my life. When the mourning period ended, faithful Johannes said to him, It is now time for you to see what you've inherited, so I shall show you the castle of your forefathers. He led the young king all around the castle, upstairs and down, and let him see all the treasures and splendid rooms. But there was one room he did not open, for it contained the dangerous portrait, which was placed in such a way that one would see it the moment the door was opened. Furthermore, it was such a wonderful painting that it appeared to be real and alive, and there was nothing more beautiful or more lovely in the whole world. Now the young king quickly noticed that faithful Johannes kept passing by one door, and therefore he said, why don't you ever open this door for me? There's something in there that would horrify you, faithful Johannes replied. I've seen the entire castle, the king said, and I also want to know what's in there. He went and tried to open the door by force, but faithful Johannes restrained him and said, I promised your father before his death that you would not see what is inside this room. It could cause great misfortune for you and me. No, that can't be the young king responded. If I don't get in, it will certainly be the end of me, because I won't be able to rest day or night until I've seen the room with my own eyes. You won't get me to move from this spot unless you unlock the door. When faithful Johannes saw there was nothing he could do, he picked out the key from the large bunch he was carrying. His heart was heavy, and he heaved many sighs as he opened the door. He made sure that he entered first, because he intended to cover the portrait with his body so the king would not see it. But what good did that do? The king stood on his tiptoes and looked over his shoulder. 
When he glimpsed the maiden's magnificent portrait, which glistened with gold and jewels, he fell to the ground unconscious. Faithful Johannes lifted him up, carried him to his bed, and was very concerned. Disaster has struck, he thought. Good Lord, what will come of it all? Then he gave the king some wine to refresh him, whereupon he regained consciousness. The first words he spoke were, Oh, who is that beautiful maiden in the picture? That's the princess of the golden roof, answered faithful Johannes. My love for her is so great, continued the king, that even if all the leaves on all the trees were tongues, they wouldn't be able to express how I feel. I intend to risk my life to win her, and since you're my most faithful Johannes, you must help me. It took the faithful servant a long time to determine how they might proceed, for it was difficult to gain access to the princess. Finally, he thought of a way and said to the king, Everything she has around her is made of gold, the tables, chairs, dishes, cups, bowls, and all the household utensils. There are five tons of gold in your treasury. Have the goldsmiths of your kingdom make one ton of it into different kinds of vessels and utensils and into all sorts of birds, wild game, and marvelous animals that will please her. Then we'll take all this and travel there to try our luck. The king had all the goldsmiths summoned to him, and they had to work day and night until the most magnificent things were ready. When the golden objects were all loaded on board a ship, faithful Johannes put on the clothes of a merchant, as did the king, so that he would not be recognized. Then they sailed across the sea, and they kept sailing until they came to the city where the princess of the golden roof made her home. Faithful Johannes told the king to stay on board the ship and wait for him. I may come back with the princess, he said, so make sure that everything's in order. Have the golden vessels set out on display, and have your men decorate the entire ship. Then he gathered together all kinds of golden trinkets in his apron, went ashore, and began walking toward the royal castle. When he reached the courtyard, a beautiful maiden was standing at the well. She had two golden buckets in her hands and was drawing water. Just as she turned around and got ready to carry the sparkling water away, she noticed the stranger and asked him who he was. "'I'm a merchant,' he answered, while opening his apron so she could see what was in it. "'Goodness, what beautiful golden trinkets!' she exclaimed. Then she put the buckets down and examined the treasures, one after the other. "'The princess must see these things,' she remarked. "'She takes so much pleasure in golden objects that I'm certain she'll buy all you have.' She took him by the hand and led him up to the palace, for she was the chambermaid. When the princess saw the wares, she was delighted and said, They're so beautifully wrought that I'll buy everything you have. But faithful Johannes said, I'm only a rich merchant's servant. What I have here is nothing compared to what my master has on his ship. Indeed, he has the most artful and precious things that have ever been made in gold. The princess wanted everything brought up to the castle, but he said, There is such a huge number of objects that it would take many days to do this. Besides, your palace is not large enough, for you would need many more rooms to display all the articles. Now her curiosity and desire were roused even more, so that she finally said, Take me to the ship. I'll go there myself to look over your master's treasures. So, feeling very happy, faithful Johannes conducted her to the ship. When the king caught sight of the princess and saw that she was even more beautiful than her portrait, he felt as though his heart would burst. After she climbed aboard the ship, and the king led her inside the cabin, faithful Johannes remained behind with the helmsman and ordered the ship to cast off. 
Set all the sails so that our ship will fly like a bird. Inside the cabin, the king showed the princess the golden vessels, each and every piece. The dishes, the cups, the bowls, the birds, the wild game, and the marvelous animals. She looked at everything for many hours, and in her joy she did not notice that the ship had sailed. After she had examined the last piece, she thanked the merchant and wanted to go home. But when she stepped out on deck, she saw that the ship was on the high seas, far from land, and racing forward at full sail. Oh, she cried out in horror, you've deceived me. I've, I'm being kidnapped, and I'm in the hands of a merchant, no less. I'd rather die. But the king seized her hand and said, I'm not a merchant. I'm a king, and I'm not inferior to you in birth. I tricked you and carried you off by stealth because I was overwhelmed by my love for you. The first time I saw your portrait, I fainted and fell to the ground. When the princess of the golden roof heard this, she felt more at ease, and her heart went out to him in such a way that she consented to be his wife. While they were sailing on the high seas, however, faithful Johanna saw three ravens flying through the air as he was sitting and playing music in the bow of the ship. When they approached, he stopped playing and listened, for he understood their language quite well. One of them cried out, My, he's bringing the princess of the golden roof home with him. Yes, responded the second, but he doesn't have her yet. You're wrong, he does, the third said. She's sitting right beside him in the ship. Then the first raven began to speak again. What good will that do him? When they reach land, a horse as red as a fox will come trotting up to him, and the king will want to mount it. But if he does, the horse will ride off with him and soar into the air, so he'll never be able to see his maiden again. Is there no way he can be saved? asked the second. Oh, yes. If someone else jumps on the horse quickly takes out the gun that's bound to be in the saddle holster and shoots the horse dead. This way the young king will be saved. But who knows that? And even if someone knows it and tells it to the king, that person will be turned into stone from the tips of his toes to his knees. I know still more, the second raven said. Even if the horse is killed, the young king will not keep his bride. When they go to the castle together... He will find a ready-made bridal outfit in a basin. It will look as if it were woven out of gold and silver, yet it's nothing but sulfur and pitch. If he puts it on, it will burn him down to the very bone and marrow. Is there no way he can be saved? asked the third raven. Oh, yes, said the second. Someone must grab the shirt with gloves, throw it in the fire, and let it burn. Then the young king will be saved. But what good will that do? Whoever knows this and tells the king will be turned to stone from his knees to his heart. I know still more, said the third raven. Even if the bridal outfit is burned, the king will still not be able to keep his bride. After the wedding, there will be a ball, and when the young queen begins to dance, she will suddenly turn pale and fall down as if she were dead. If no one lifts her up, draws three drops of blood from her right breast, and spits them out, she will die. But whoever reveals what he knows will have his entire body turned to stone from top to bottom. After having talked about all this, the ravens flew away. Faithful Johannes had understood everything they had said, and from then on he became silent and sad. For if he did not tell his master what he had heard, the young king would be doomed. 
but if he did reveal everything to his master, he himself would have to pay with his life. At length he said to himself, I must and shall save my master, even if it means my own destruction. When they went ashore, everything started to happen the way the ravens had predicted. A splendid horse, red as a fox, came galloping toward them. Well, now, what's this? said the king. This horse will carry me to my castle. As the king was about to mount it, faithful Johannes jumped in front of him and swung himself quickly into the saddle. Then he pulled out the gun from the saddle holster and shot the horse dead. The king's other servants disliked faithful Johannes and cried out, What a crime! Why did he have to kill that beautiful creature that was to carry the king to his castle? But the king declared, Be quiet and let him go. He's Johannes, my most faithful servant, and who knows what good may come of this. Now they went into the castle, and there was a basin in the hall. The ready-made bridal outfit was lying in it and looked as though it were made of gold and silver. The young king went over and was about to pick it up when faithful Johanna shoved him aside, grabbed it with gloves, tossed it into the fire, and let it burn. Once again, the other servants began to murmur and say, Just look, now he's even burned the king's bridal outfit. But the young king declared, Who knows what good may come of this? Let him go. He's Johannes, my most faithful servant. After the wedding was celebrated, the dance began, and the bride took part in it. Faithful Johannes paid close attention and kept looking at her face. All of a sudden, she turned pale and fell to the ground as if she were dead. Then he rushed over to her, lifted her up, and carried her into a room, where he laid her on a bed, then knelt down and sucked three drops of blood from her right breast and spat them out. No sooner had he done this than she began breathing again and regained consciousness. The young king had seen all this, but he was puzzled by faithful Johannes's actions and became angry. "'Throw him into the prison!' he declared. The next morning, faithful Johannes was condemned to death and led to the gallows. As he stood there and was about to be executed, he said, "'Every condemned man is usually allowed to say one last word before he dies. May I also have this right?' Yes, answered the king, I shall grant you this right. Then faithful Johannes said, I've been unjustly sentenced to death, for I've always served you faithfully. And then he told him how he had heard the raven's conversation on the sea, and how he had been compelled to do all those things to save his master. The king cried out, Oh, my most faithful Johannes, pardon, pardon, bring him down. But the moment after faithful Johannes had uttered his last words, he had fallen down and then turned into stone. The king and queen were greatly grieved by this, and the king said, Oh, how poorly I've rewarded such great fidelity. He ordered the stone figure to be carried up to his bedroom and placed beside his bed. Whenever he looked at it, he would weep and say, Oh, if only I could bring you back to life, my most faithful Johannes. After some time had passed, the queen gave birth to twins, two little boys, who grew up and became the queen's delight. One day, when the queen was at church and the two children were sitting and playing near their father, the king looked at the stone figure and sighed, Oh, if I, I could only bring you back to life, my most faithful Johannes, he exclaimed. Then the stone began to speak and said, Yes, you can bring me back to life if you're willing to sacrifice what you love most. I'd give everything I have in this world for you the king responded. The stone continued, 
if you cut off the heads of your two children with your own two hands and rub their blood on me, I shall be brought back to life. The king was horrified when he heard that he himself would have to kill his precious children. He recalled, nevertheless, the great fidelity of faithful Johannes and how he had died for him. So the king drew his sword and cut off his children's heads with his own hand. And, after he had rubbed the stone with their blood, it came to life, and faithful Johanna stood before him once again, alive and well. "'Your loyalty shall not go unrewarded,' he said to the king. And he took the children's heads, put them back in place, and rubbed the wounds with their blood. Within seconds they were whole again, and were running around and playing as if nothing had happened to them. The king was overjoyed, and when he saw the queen coming, he hid faithful Johannes and the two children in a large closet. After she entered, he said to her, Did you pray while you were in church? Yes, she answered, but I could only think of faithful Johannes and how unfortunate he was because of us. Dear wife, he said, we can bring him back to life, but it will cost our two little sons, whom we shall have to sacrifice. The queen became pale and her heart trembled greatly. However, she said, We owe this to him because of his great fidelity. The king rejoiced when he saw that she felt as he did. He went over to the closet, opened it, and brought out the children and faithful Johannes. God be praised, he said. He's been saved, and our sons have been restored to us as well. He then told her what had happened, and they all lived happily together until the end of their days. The end. The Brothers Grimm Lunch Break is released under a Creative Commons attribution, no commercial, no derivatives license. Download it and share it all you'd like, but don't change or sell it. The translations used are copyright Jack Zipes and are used with permission. His collected translations, The Complete Fairy Tales of the Brothers Grimm, is available on the media of your choice from Bantam Books. The music is Mount Timbrel by Jamie Janover off his All Strings Considered album available on magnatune.com. If you'd like to listen to any of the other episodes, you can find them on our website, www.grimlunch.org, where you can also leave comments or subscribe through iTunes. Thank you for listening. Thank you.